Good evening, and welcome to our Sunday night study of the book of Revelation. I'm Pastor Chris Hall, pastor of Mercedes Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia. And tonight uh, we continue in our study of Revelation. We're in Revelation chapter 22, the very last chapter of this book. And tonight we'll be reading from Revelation 22, verses 6 through 12. We are almost at the conclusion of our study of the book of Revelation. We have over 40 studies that we have recorded in our uh, walk through, our journey through the book of Revelation. Now you can find all of these studies, all of the audio studies at truesforlifewithchrishall.com. And you'll find not only our study of the book of Revelation, but the other studies that we are doing here at Mercedes Baptist Church 2623 Moultrie Highway in Albany, Georgia. But what a wonderful journey this has been for us as we have studied the book of Revelation verse by verse. And now we're very quickly nearing the conclusion of our study. Tonight we'll be reading Revelation 22 verses 6 through 12. And the title of our sermon tonight is simply this. Well, what now? Now that we have gone through this study, and now that we are almost at the conclusion of our study, now that we have learned all of this information about what is going to happen in the future, assured to us by He who is faithful and true, our God Himself, what now, in the light of what we have learned, how then shall we live? And that's what we're going to look at tonight, again, from Revelation 22, verses 6 through 12. So I invite you to take the Bible, the inspired, the infallible, and the inerrant Word of Almighty God. And join me as we read together Revelation 22, verses 6 through 12. And this is John the Apostle, the human author of the book of Revelation. What a journey he had as this revelation was revealed to him on the Isle of Patmos. What a great privilege he had to have this delivered to him while he was in a Roman prison on the Isle of Patmos and as he recorded it, and I'm sure he prayed over it, and I'm sure he prayed over what he wrote, and he asked the Lord to preserve it, to protect it, and to see its transmission down through the ages until... What is written in the book of Revelation comes to pass. And that prayer was answered because we're studying it now many, many, many years, even centuries after John wrote this wonderful book. So let's read it. Revelation 22, verses 6 through 12. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, and this is Jesus speaking now, behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and I heard these things. And what I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then the angel said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets and those who keep the words of this book. 
worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, the Lord says. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So after taking us through the amazing sweep of future history, taking us through all that, we're, all that will come to pass in, in the future, all the way into the eternal state, all now that is left for John to record is this divine postscript. Now, what, now that we know what God is going to do in the future, what are we to do in the present? Now that this has been revealed to us, how are we to live? How should we live now in light of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's what these verses talk about. What now? Now that we have learned these truths, now that we have seen these truths, how are we to live today? Well, first of all, I think we can get from these verses is that we are to live lives of confidence. The phrase, behold, I come quickly, is repeated six times in the book of Revelation. And that phrase, behold, I come quickly, is repeated three times in these closing verses. Now, the word translated quickly does not refer to the speed at which, at which Christ will travel from heaven to earth when he comes. Instead, the word translated quickly has the sense of something that is certain, something that is sure, and something that is imminent. Since the ascension of Jesus Christ, his return to this earth has been imminent. And it has been certain. And it is sure. And so, behold, I come quickly is a statement of assurance that this is certainly going to happen. It's sure to happen. Jesus is coming again. Now, if the return of Jesus Christ has been imminent for over 2,000 years, it is most assuredly more imminent today than it has ever been before. What does this mean? It means simply this. The rapture of the church could happen at any moment. And the rapture of the church is that event which triggers all of the end-time events. It's the first event in a series of events 
that will culminate with the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. So in light of the soon return of the Lord Jesus, believers need to be ready. And also in light of the certain return of the Lord Jesus Christ, unbelievers need to do what they need to do to be ready when Jesus comes again. As, the, as this passage opens, John records that an angel told him that these words, that is all of the book of Revelation, these words are faithful and they are true. Now, these words, that these words are faithful and true, reinforce the important truth that everything John has seen and everything that John has written in the book of Revelation, this is a statement of, of certainty, of surety, that everything that is recorded in the book of Revelation will come to pass. This is a statement that reinforces the idea that what is written here is certain and true. It will come to pass. What is recorded in the book of Revelation is not mystical. It is not the record of some bizarre dream that John had on the Isle of Patmos. It is not the result of an overactive imagination. Revelation is not an allegory. It is not a parable. It is not a fable. It is not a metaphor. The book of Revelation is history that is yet to happen. <laughs> the book of Revelation is an accurate and it is a true description of the events and of the people who are yet to come in human history. John added his own testimony to the truth and the accuracy of what is recorded in the book of Revelation by declaring that the same God who inspired the writers of the Old Testament and the New Testament, that same God is the God who revealed to him the things which he has recorded in this book. This is nothing short of a claim by John of the full and the complete inspiration of the book of Revelation. Now this is prophecy. This is something that is yet to happen, but it is written as if it is certain and sure it will come to pass. So this is a, the book of Revelation is a prophetic book. Can we trust that prophecy to come true? If God has shown us what is to happen in the days to come, in the years to come, perhaps, can we be certain that what is written here is certain and sure and true, and it will happen. Well, the prophetic record of God in the Bible is perfect. God predicted that Israel in the Old Testament, God predicted that Israel would go into captivity many years, centuries before it happened, and it happened. God predicted the destruction of Babylon, for instance, and of Tyre in the Old Testament. And those cities were destroyed. In the Old Testament, God predicted that the Messiah 
would be born in Bethlehem to a virgin, to a virgin. And that the Messiah, the promised one given to the nation of Israel, would be killed by sinners. And that was true. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy in the Old Testament, the predictions made by God, all of them up to this point that would happen up to this point in human history, all of them have come true. God's prophetic record is perfect. So when God predicts the rapture of the church, you can rest certain and sure that that is going to happen. When God predicts the rise of the Antichrist, when God predicts the, the seal and the trumpet and the bold judgments, when God predicts the battle of Armageddon, when God predicts the return of Jesus Christ, when God predicts a thousand-year earthly reign of Jesus on this earth, you can be absolutely certain and sure that those things are going to happen. So in light of the certain and sure and the imminent return of Jesus Christ, what are believers to do? How are we to live? Well, we're to live confident that what God has revealed to us in His Word is certain and true and it will come to pass. We can live confident in that. We can have blessed assurance that that is true. Now the Bible predicts in the last days that people will scoff at the second coming of Jesus Christ. The idea that Jesus is coming again and that scoffing is happening today not only on the outside of the church by unbelievers but on the inside of the church by many who claim to be believers in Christ. There are many churches who dismiss the idea that Jesus Christ is coming again. They'll celebrate the first coming of Jesus in Bethlehem, but the same Bible that tells us about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem is the same Bible that predicts to us that Jesus Christ is coming again. And they'll reject the second coming while celebrating the first coming. My friend, the Jesus who came the first time is coming again, not as a baby, not born to, to peasant parents, not laid on hay in a stable. When he comes again, he's coming on a white horse. He's coming as the King of kings and as the Lord of lords, and every eye shall see him when he comes again in all of his power and in all of his glory. So with these things certain and sure, what shall we do? How shall we as believers live? Well, verse 7 says, first of all, that we are to live lives of obedience to our God. Verse 7 says that we are to keep the words of the book of Revelation. The word translated keep. We are to keep the truths of Revelation. We are to keep the truths of the Word of God. We are to keep the words of Revelation. The word translated keep means to hold fast to. It means to obey. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, then hold fast to my commandments. If you love me, then obey my word, obey my commandments. John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, 
You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. When Jesus came, he perfectly kept, he perfectly obeyed all of the plan of God, the triune God, God the Father, the will of God the Father, that he be the Messiah, that he would go to the cross and die on the cross for the sins of mankind. Jesus willingly kept that plan, the plan of God to provide salvation for lost people. And Jesus said, as I have kept the commandments of my Father, so you keep my commandments. 1 John 2, verses 3 through 5. Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments, if we live a life of obedience to his word. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, John said, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Sailors in ancient times sailed their ships on the sea by keeping the stars. In other words, they used the stars the position of the stars to chart their course. As that was true then, today we as God's people are to use the Word of God to chart the course of our life. We keep the book of Revelation by obeying and believing and living in the light of the truth of the book of Revelation. God inspired this book to reveal the glory of His Son. God inspired this book to call believers to live godly, obedient lives in light of the soon return of Jesus Christ. We keep the book of Revelation by longing for the return of Jesus. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Maranatha, even so, Lord Jesus, come. We keep the book of Revelation by desiring heaven and holiness. By desiring to see Jesus vindicated and triumphant over his enemies. We keep the book of Revelation by desiring the end of the curse of sin. By desiring the glories of Christ's earthly kingdom. We keep the book of Revelation by looking forward to that new heaven and the new earth. Reading the book of Revelation should cause us to love Jesus more. Reading and studying this book should cause us to long to see Jesus vindicated in all of His glory. Reading the book of Revelation should, should inspire us, cause us to live in the, the light of the reality that one day we're going to see Jesus. This book should, do, should cause us and give us a desire to disconnect ourselves from the evil world system around us and to pursue heavenly realities. Understanding the fearful judgment that awaits the unsaved that is revealed in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation should cause us to have a greater desire to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and call on lost sinners to repent and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So what are we to do now 
as we have studied the book of Revelation. We are to live with confidence that what is revealed to us is true. We are to live lives of obedience. Also, we're to live lives of worship. Again, listen to Revelation 2, verses 8 and 9. I, now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. It was so awesome what John had seen. But the angel said to me, see that you don't do that. Don't do that, John. For I am just your fellow servant. And I am of your brethren, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book. And then the angel said this to John. Worship God. The book of Revelation should cause in us as the people of God to live lives of worship. Now we think sometimes that worship is contained in a building at a certain time of the week. But my friend, every day is to be a day of worship. Every day is to be a day of worship. We are to live in worship. We are to live to worship and worship should be the theme of our life. The greatest act of worship is not to sing a song or to listen to Scripture. The greatest act of worship is not to dress in our Sunday finest and come to a building and sit in a pew. But the greatest act of worship and the place where all true worship begins is to completely and totally surrender our lives, all that we are and all that we have, to God's control. After reading the book of Revelation, our only response can be this, complete and total surrender of ourselves to God. <laughs> With John, we should hear the words of the angel, worship God. Also, reading and studying the book of Revelation should lead us to live lives of proclamation. Again, Revelation 22, verses 10 and 11. The angel said to me, John said, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. In light of what we have studied in the book of Revelation, in light of this tremendous truth, we are to be motivated. This book should cause us to have a greater desire to proclaim the truth of the Word of God, especially the truth of Revelation, that Jesus is coming again. And the truth that what a person does with Jesus Christ, how a person responds to the gospel will determine not only the course of their life in this world, but their eternal destiny. When a person dies, or when the Lord returns, a person's character and their decision concerning Jesus will be forever fixed. When it comes to salvation, there is no plan B. There is no second chance. 
those who respond to the warnings in the, in the Word of God and those who respond to the book of Revelation and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ will live forever in heaven. But those who fail to heed these warnings and those who fail to repent will remain forever when they die. They will remain forever in their sinful state. There is no plan B. There is no second chance. The truth of God's Word, the truth of Revelation, will either be the instrument of a person's salvation or the instrument of their damnation. And it all depends on their choice of what they will do with the truth they have heard and what they will do with Jesus Christ. In light of the certain and soon return of Jesus, believers must, must make an urgent proclamation, must make the urgent proclamation of the truth of the Word of God to the lost of the world a priority. Now that we've studied the book of Revelation, what now? Let us live in confidence. Let us live lives of worship. Let us live lives of commitment. Let us live lives of proclamation, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We've studied this book. We understand the truths of this book. Now what? What are we supposed to do with it? It should motivate us to live these kinds of lives, lives of commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, to love our Lord in a greater way, to have a greater desire to worship Him and serve Him and to proclaim His truth. Now is not a time for believers to just sit in a pew and say, well, I'm going to wait until Jesus comes again. No. Sitting in a pew is good with God's people when we come to God's house to worship. That's a good thing, an important thing in the Christian life. But just as important as that is our willingness to go out into the world. And when we're out into the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and to live lives that bring God honor and glory and point people to Jesus. Now that we've studied the book of Revelation and we know that this, that this book is certain and true and what is promised here is certain and true, what shall we do? What must we do now? We are to live lives of service. Verse 12, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give everyone according to his work, to his service. The knowledge that Jesus Christ could return at any moment should not lead Christians to a life of idle wasting and waiting for his coming. The fact that Jesus is coming again should move us, should motivate us, to committed, faithful, diligent, obedient, and worshipful service to God. We are to serve the Lord every day, serve the Lord with gladness. Yes, Jesus is coming again, but we're not to sit to the side and wait for that to happen, doing nothing for God. We are to serve the Lord. We are to be committed to the Lord. We are to proclaim His Word. Every day we are to live lives of service to our God. And here's the promise. When Jesus comes again, He will reward believers for their faithful service. 
the greater our faithfulness to the Lord in this life will yield greater opportunities that we will have to serve the Lord in the life to come in heaven. So, now that we have studied the book of Revelation, well, what now? We are to live confident lives. My friend, it's going to happen. Jesus is coming again. Don't waver in that faith. Don't waver in that commitment to believe that. Jesus Christ is coming again. And if you'll study the Word of God, and if you'll look at the world around us through the pages of the Word of God, you have to come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is coming again very soon. We are to be confident in the truth that Jesus is coming again. We are to live lives of obedience to our Lord. We are to keep His commandments. We are to keep the truths of the book of Revelation. They are to guide our life. We are to live lives of worship. Worship God, the angel said. Worship God. We are to worship our Lord. We're to do it in church. But we're to do it every day. Every day is a day of worship. Our work that we, we do in this world should be an act of service and worship to God. Living our life every day, we should often lift our eyes to heaven and thank the Lord for who He is and all that He's done for us. We should live a life of worship. God is our creator. The God of the Bible is our creator. And the God of the Bible has shown us what is about to happen. We should worship God. In light of the truths of the book of Revelation, what should we do? We should proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. If there's ever been a time when the good news of Jesus Christ should be proclaimed, we should do everything that we can do to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friend, when you leave church on Sunday and you come back the next Sunday, how many times between Sunday to Sunday did your words, did your lips speak the word of Jesus? Not in a blasphemous way. Not in a vain way. But speak the words of Jesus. And the word Jesus as you give him honor and glory and praise and as you tell others about Jesus. In light of the truths of the book of Revelation, we must make proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world a priority. People need the Lord and sometimes you're the only Bible that some will ever read. Your life. So live a life of proclamation. And finally, live a life of service. Serve the Lord. Your service will not be in vain. Serve the Lord when times are good. Serve the Lord when times are not good. Serve the Lord in every day in every way you can. Serve the Lord. You can serve the Lord God has blessed you. God has gifted you with gifts and abilities. Use those gifts and abilities and abilities to serve the Lord. Use every opportunity to serve the Lord. To sum up, we should be living for Jesus every day in light of the truths that we have discovered and the truth of the book of Revelation. Well, my friend, that's the end of our study tonight here from the sanctuary of Mercedes Baptist Church. It's been a good study. I've enjoyed studying for this, this sermon and this message, and I've enjoyed sharing it with you. And now, my friend, next Sunday night, 
We come to the very last study in our study of the book of Revelation, the last verses of the study, and we will conclude our study, and then we will be more ready than ever for Jesus to come again. So join us next Sunday night. Until then, our prayer is that God will bless you.